Although college basketball officially started last week, and outside of the Michigan State-Gonzaga game, it's been a lot of cupcake schedules, a lot of mismatches, even though there's been some, some upsets. But tonight, the State Farm Classic is one of my favorite days on the college basketball calendar, and me and my guy Leaf, we will break down some of the NBA prospects that will be playing tonight. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists who are available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. I am Rafael Barlow, the director of Scouting for NBA Big Board and the host of this podcast and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And my guy, Leaf Tulane, is the man that watches more college basketball than anyone else. Leaf, have you had a chance to, to breathe with all this college basketball going on? And, and you're still doing Utah Jazz stuff, so... I'm wondering, man, when did you get a chance to sleep? I, I took a nice uh, sleep yesterday. I went to bed early. Well, there aren't too many games on. Didn't watch as much football as usual, and uh, and and I caught up. But but yes, I, I've I've been I've been living and breathing some college hoops, as you might expect. And like you said, the Champions Classic is is the one that I'm excited to see because that's that's usually the opener for college basketball. There may be a game here and there played on the same day, but Champions Classic means the start of college basketball. You got four powerhouse schools and then also uh, and the day after it's Gonzaga and Texas, two of the top uh, 12 teams in the country. And I think the Champions Classic, the two matchups are the first. Well, actually, the Kansas and Duke one, because Michigan State's not ranked, is the only the first top 25 versus top 25 matchup on the season. Michigan State wasn't ranked coming into the season, not ranked coming into the season, not ranked right now. And they are one team that is not a sexy team to watch if you're enjoying if you look for NBA prospects yeah I actually went to the Champions Classic I want to say it was 2018 uh Jaron Jackson and I remember I sat next to one of my my good friends that's an agent and he liked Jaron Jackson I was like that there's no way he's getting that shot off it's too funny looking he's like man he's only 18 years old he said he's gonna be really good and and he was right about that. And luckily for me, I don't watch football anymore. I'm born and raised in Nebraska. Nebraska sucks right now. It's been they've been bad for the past few years. So I don't really have any reason to watch college football. I used to know college football like I know college basketball. I used to know all the recruiting stuff, but I just it's hard to 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 keep up with everything going. So um yeah, it's, it's been all basketball for me. I've been watching college basketball. And, and this is like the first time in a few years that I've actually been in the States. So I don't have to watch college basketball at three o'clock in the morning. So it's actually pretty good. I feel like I'm way more knowledgeable this year than I have been in years past. But let's talk about the first game in this uh, Champions Classic. It is Kentucky versus Michigan State. Who is your top NBA prospect in, in this game? And Obviously, they're going to come from the Kentucky side. Uh, yeah, I'd go with Casey Wallace. I, I think pretty safely he's the top prospect in this game. And 
I mean, we talked about them briefly last week, and and I think the your background that you get provided and and summarized is that he was not allowed to take threes. He was kind of bred into being a what we'd consider glue guys, um, defend, rebound, finish inside. You see all that, and then you see expanded range, expanded playmaking. And I think that that's a guy with an extremely high floor and an unknown ceiling. So I'll be closely watching that one, see how he defends AJ Hogard and Tyson Walker, who aren't NBA caliber guards, in my opinion, but they're very good college guards and they're experienced. So I will, I'll be keeping my eyes on that matchup. Yeah, I think Kaysen is the top NBA prospect in this game, but I have a feeling that he may not be the best player in this game. I think that may go to Antonio Reeves who he averaged 20 points a game last year at Illinois State, and he's off to a blistering start this year. He's averaging 20 points per game now. It's like 52, 55. Well, the 66 isn't great, but 52, 55 shooting splits. And I think that he is going to be one of the best players in the country. And I think actually going to Kentucky probably helps him with as far as exposure to the NBA draft. And I, I have this draft guy that I know I've, I've been – pumping it up the past few episodes, but it's finally about to drop. It's it's finally done, done. And I left him off my top 100, and I feel like that's going to be something that I'm going to regret as the season goes on. What were your thoughts on Antonio Reeves coming into the season? And like, all right, what were your thoughts on him last year? And then did they change over the summer when he had a couple of big, big games for Kentucky when they played some exhibition games over the summer? Yeah, stylistically, I really love the fit right away. I, I, you, I could just envision a way for his role. I, I had a feeling he'd be one of their lead scorers because play, and Oscar Sheboy hasn't played yet, but I think once Oscar Sheboy plays, the floor opens up even more for him. He's going to get kick-out threes off offensive rebounds. He's going to get off of post-ups. The ball is going to move even better. And, and I think I knew that he'd be able to shoot the ball at a very high clip. I thought CJ Frederick and, and uh, Reeves will really help. And that's provides a spark. They didn't have last year. Kellen Grady was their only shooter at Kentucky. And yes, I know they lost to St. Peter's in the first round, but that was a good team, but I didn't have um, championship aspirations for them because I, I didn't think they'd be able to shoot sustainably enough. And if Oscar had a, a day where he got in foul trouble, I didn't think they'd be able to produce enough points. Um, that said, I think this year, the team is excellent. They, they're very, uh, they're very good one through 10 and they're able to play with an egalitarian system where you, you've got guys who score 20 a game, but I don't think if we were to say who's the best college player on that team that would even get top three mentions very often by most people. Um, and and I, I, I would probably put him at third, but I, I think there's a point that it could be made that he'd be fourth, but long story short is I knew he was a good scorer. I knew he could shoot the ball, but he shot some, ill-advised one similar to the way like Elijah Hughes shot a few years ago at Syracuse he was forced to shoot and you could tell he could shoot the ball but you didn't know if it would be sustainable at a bigger school Uh, when he transferred from Eastern Carolina to Syracuse then he did the same thing at Syracuse this time going to Kentucky Um, but yeah I think he'll shine I also think Jacob Toppin has an opportunity to shine in this game where Michigan State prides itself on rebounding and and I think Toppin's going to show his top tier athleticism rebound the ball and if he can step out and hit a few jumpers that'll open some eyes for some scouts yeah i want to talk about top end later but i wanted to get your opinion on cj frederick now is it weird to you that seeing to see kentucky their two leading scorers are like seniors <laughs> and transfers is is that like kind of weird to you seeing that it, it is a little weird but typically 
typically when they have their best teams, they are a bit older. I mean, that's no exception for anyone else, but the COVID year, they didn't have transfers, but they had a experienced backcourt of Ashton Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, they, they had a freshman that was Tyrese Maxey, PJ Washington, and EJ Montgomery, and they shot 80% from the free throw line. They rebounded the ball and they had a very short rotation. This team, I think, is better than that one. And that one was one of the top five teams going into the, the tournament, if it were to have happened. So I, I've, I've said this before on the season. I don't know if it was this show or another one, but I think Kentucky is one of the best two teams in the country. And without Sheway, they still are one of the best two teams in the country. Ken Palm has them ranked number one right now, and that's without the reigning national player of the year. So I'm very high on Kentucky, and I think a lot of players, because they're playing defined roles, are going to be evaluated for the roles they'll play in the future. And I think that helps a lot of their players' stocks. Yeah, and they're still without Damian Collins, who um, unfortunately his, his father passed away, so... Um, hopefully he takes as much time as possible to, you know, just to, to, to deal with that situation. My prayers out to him and, and his family. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny because I had just watched Houston play and I'm like, Houston, they look really, really good. And but that's I mean, number one right now, Kentucky two, Baylor three, if you ask me. Really? So, yeah. so who's your four? I don't have a four yet, actually. I, I, I wasn't impressed by Gonzaga. I've only watched the second half of Carolina. Duke hasn't played anyone, and they're missing Derek Whitehead. Um, so, yeah, I've got, I've got three that I've watched all three games of, and I feel very confident in that take. Um, and I, I need I'll, – I'll let you know, though. I'll let you know. All right. What are your thoughts so far on Chris Livingston? Only averaging about seven points a game, five rebounds. He was highly touted coming in. I'm not as high on him as others. I, I feel like he's a guy that kind of dominated high school basketball because he was bigger, stronger, more athletic, and was able to dominate with his physical tools. But I also see a guy that if he can add a little bit of skill level to his, to his body and his physical tools and the motor, then he could be like a, a, a really good player. What have your thoughts been on him so far? Yeah, I, I echo that sentiment. Coming in before the season, I, I did a uh, big board and I had him significantly lower than I think most big boards had him because of those exact reasons that he relied on physical strength and relied on being the man. The ball was fed to him. The ball was fed to him. He was in opportunistic situations. I thought for Kentucky, he'd have to play a role and excel in that role. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him transfer or if he goes out early and just banks on um, potential, like, like you know, in, in the similar sense that Peyton Watson did at UCLA, because he's going to have to take a backseat to some of the players that are more established, whether they're veterans or Cason Wallace, who seems to have, he's the, he's the one and done that's, that's kind of taking the reins at Kentucky. So I, I think that people should temper their expectations statistically for him, but if he can embrace a role and excel at it, um, he's still got a good chance to go because he's got physical tools that you can't teach. When you said transfer, I thought you're going to compare him to Khalil Whitney. <laughs> I thought about that actually. I I'm thought about making a Kentucky to Kentucky, but I but I I went with Peyton Watson because I think he's got a better chance to be picked off physical tools than Khalil Whitney. All right. Do you think Jacob Toppin is a second round pick? Yeah, I do. I, I if if his shot is getting better, like it appears to be. Uh, form wise I'm, I'm not saying the results are i, I think three games is not, 33 like 57 yeah. shooting splits right now yeah three games is a hard sample size like because there's going to be guys that are shooting like 80 percent, and you got to temper it down but for him i think his shots will regress to the mean in the positive direction 
Um, I, I was impressed with him in the uh, in the summer when they played in the Bahamas, I believe. And uh, I, I just think that those type of guys who embrace our role, they, they have an unreal motor. He's got top tier athleticism, both at the college level and the NBA level. Um, he'll be able to defend multiple positions in college, and I think he'll be able to do that in the NBA. I, I think there's a role that where he can like hit short corner jump shots in college. And then you extend that in the pros to being three point in the corners or pick and pops. And then he, he just defense re, rebounds, finishes dunks, gets out in transition. And, and there's a role for him to be a second round pick. So I, I definitely would take a flyer on him in the second round. We'll talk about the, the marquee matchup of Duke and Kansas, but I want to let you know about sweat blocks. Sweat block wipes are your little secret to confidence. Sweat block wipes work up to seven days per use. You can apply them on a Sunday and you will stay dry all week. If you or someone you love is experiencing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save up to 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It is also available on Amazon. There was a customer named Rebecca, and she would watch her teenage daughter suffer through low self-esteem caused by embarrassing sweat. And Rebecca got a text after her teen's first use of sweat block. And the text read, I am not sweating. And they both cried tears of joy. So again, if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, you got to try sweat block. And you can save 20% if you use the promo code locked on. At sweatblock.com, and it is also available on Amazon. All right, now that we got your armpits taken care of and you're dry, let's fix your money. And the question is, are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of the people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app I use, and it helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions that I do not use. You may have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, but it was formerly known as Truebill. This app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place, and it cancels what you do not want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you did not even know you were paying for. You may find out you've been double charged for a subscription, and to cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. So get rid of the useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. All right, once again, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, this is Rafael Barla with my co-host, Leif Tuling, and we are previewing the champion or the State Farms Champions Classic. Let's talk about the marquee matchup. It is Duke versus Kansas. Now, in this game, based off of who's playing, who is your number one NBA prospect between the two teams? Derek Lively. So do you think he's going to play a lot? He only played 14 minutes last game, four points, two rebounds, coming off an injury. Do you think that he's going to be able to showcase that he is the best prospect in this game, or do you think his minutes are going to be restricted some? 
I think there's going to be an ability for him to show flashes and play about 20 minutes. I think they'll up it to 20. Um, he's going to have a chance to physically dominate the game because Kansas's best lineup is small ball oriented. KJ Adams is not a stereotypical Bill Self five. Like, don't get used to <laughs> David so McCormick. <laughs> like, um, I mean, he's been there for five years, and you know, Lord knows we don't want to go back to all the other four or five duos they've had that have been there four or five years. Uh, Perry Ellis, I'm talking to you, but uh, what's the yeah. other guy's name? Like Lightfoot or something like oh, that? Oh, Mitch Lightfoot was there <laughs> even longer. Um, played with Jamari Charles. Trailer. Like there, there was. <laughs> There's some there are some guys that the the Morris twins uh yeah I could go on and on but long story short they don't have a stereotypical four or a five man on this roster, um so I I think that he's got a chance to physically dominate he can they they can funnel to him in a way that Duke funneled towards Mark Williams I'm not saying he'll be up to the caliber of Mark Williams in his second collegiate game but he's got the physical tools to dominate he can block shots he'll rebound he's more gifted than Mark Williams offensively if we're just comparing him one to one. And I think even in limited minutes uh, that there's going to be an ability to show uh, showcase the flashes of talent that make him, I think, a top 10 pick caliber type of player. Man, I'm still undecided because the Mavs and the Clippers play at 730 here in Dallas and I, I go to Mavs games, but I'm like, I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch these two games. So I'm undecided. What I may end up doing is going to the Mavs game and sitting in a suite where there's a TV where I can watch the game. If not, then I'll go into the press box, which is so high in the air, and they have TVs up there. So maybe I'll kill two birds with one stone. Tell me your thoughts on Mark Mitchell. Has Mark Mitchell surprised you so far? He's averaging 15 points, 54, 50, 100 shooting splits, and I know the sample size is small, and Duke hasn't really played anybody, but he's their leading scorer. I actually wouldn't say I'm surprised by him playing better than expectations. This was a guy I was higher on than the consensus, but I am surprised he's their leading scorer. Obviously no Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively that changes the situation a little bit, but you'd still would have guessed Roach um, or someone with experience would, would lead that. I, I really like the player that, that has more skill than they're endorsed to have, and they have physical athletic traits. Um, he's, he's a really, really superb athlete and he's thick. He's strong. He's shooting the ball better than, than you'd expect. And granted, like it's a small sample size, but I think he's a perfect player that can play a role. And right now he's excelling in a, in a role that is larger than what he will have down the road. And it will be larger than what he has in the NBA, but he shows flashes that make you buy in and say, wow, he can be a role player. And plus like there, there's, there's an ability for him to be more than just a role player. And so there's upside as well as safety. And that those are type of a kind of an archetype of a player that I typically tend to like. And it doesn't hurt that one of my best friends is a, is a Duke aficionado. He sends me their high school tapes like months, months, months before they commit to Duke. So I I've seen a lot of these Duke guys and, and sometimes I'm like, my goodness, like, why am I watching this? But usually it gets me ahead on that, that learning curve. So this is a guy that I was, I was familiar with and I, and I liked more than the consensus. I was just waiting to see his role. Cause I think the, insertion of Jacob Grandison made me a little worried that he may fight for minutes, but he, he's excelled and he's, he's proven that he should be the starter. And, and I think he will continue to be so. Do you think he's a three or a four? In my opinion, I think he's best as a four. I, I agree. I, I think the, the trending towards small ball helps him. He's got the physical broad shoulders, long arms that I think he could become a four and he may have to put on a tiny bit of weight to play the four at the NBA level. But I, but I do think he'll play the four better than he'll play the three at the NBA level. 
So do you think there's going to be a dilemma going forward with him? We haven't talked about Filipowski yet and Lively. It's like there's three starters in two positions in the front court. Or do you think they'll just go big with, with, with Mitchell at the three? I'd I'd rather them play Mitchell at the four. And then like, like I, I thought Duke was stylistically a very impressive team last year because they had size, but Paolo Bancaro is such a difference maker that he can be that big and he can play like a guard skill, but basically they had four, four guys, with guard skills. And I think they should do that. And, and, and four guys with guard skills and a giant. And that's, that's the way I describe it. There's other teams that have filled this philosophy and done well. I think it helps you win more in college basketball. And I think Mitchell's the better player between he and Filipowski. Let's talk about Filipowski. What have your thoughts been on him so far? They're averaging a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds, shooting only 42% from the floor, 33% from three. Has he exceeded or has, has he been about what you expected from him? Well, it's difficult to say because the, the players they're playing against have, have no – like they don't have any, any players that can physically challenge some of these Duke athletes. And so I, I want to see him – how he shoots and how he handles ball screen defense against guys with athletic talent that is uh, on a similar playing field to Duke. Not everyone's going to have that, but there's some that do. And I think Kansas will be able to, to make that assessment. So I'll closely be watching. Unfortunately, I'll have to rewatch it because I'll be working a jazz game, which is always fun, but I, I I'm always wishing I could watch it live. Um, but, but to answer your question, I'm undecided. And I would say of the games I've watched, I, I think he's, He's about what I expected him to be at a college level, but he hasn't shown me anything I didn't expect. So he's, he's still kind of lower on my, my radar in terms of what he can do at an NBA level. Do you have him as a, a first-round pick? Do you have him in that range? No, I, I don't have him as a first-rounder. All right. Tell me your thoughts on Tyrese Proctor. He has been off to a – I mean, just say he's struggling is, you know, that's a little bit of an understatement. One for 12 from the floor, which is 8.3%. What are your thoughts on Tyrese so far? I I mean, obviously the shooting is a bit worrisome at that rate, but once again, small sample size. I like the way he can conduct an offense. He, he's kind of sharing those duties with Jeremy Roach, who's a junior and has final four experience, and he really excelled down the stretch last season. So I think he's best suited as a as a a, a kind of a jumbo point guard. So a, like kind of a, a concept of of the a player that I really tend to rate highly um Dyson Daniels would be an example they're different players but uh, I, I think I think that Proctor has the ability to make this Duke team better uh, I would say that this shooting does frighten me because I don't know if you want to be your point guard at the NBA level like you're, you're not spending a a lottery pick on him to be your point guard you you have him as kind of a connecting tissue piece on a bench is kind of where I see him and uh and the is a bit of a concern so I'm a little lower than I was entering the season but I don't want to be overly reactionary but I do think that he he's a good connecting tissue and even when he's not shooting well he makes his teammates better around him yeah with the speed um I thought shooting was one of his best assets going into the season all right let's talk about Jeremy Roach before we go to break he's kind of like the forgotten guy even though he's the veteran I thought he played really well at the end of last season and I thought he would at least test the waters or, or flirt with the NBA and decided to come back. What have you seen from Roach this year that has made you, or, or do you think that he's put himself in position to be drafted? Do you think he can be a second round pick or maybe even first round pick? 
I, I think he can be at the end of the second round. I, I don't think he's got the traits that you tend to look for in a college player that's had a good career, but not like exact, like not nothing exceptional. Like for instance, he's different than Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie had a far better college career, but even he had attributes. You, you, he's a knockdown shooter. Jeremy Roach is a, a solid shooter. Jeremy Roach is a solid college defender, but he won't excel on that end. Jeremy Roach is a solid facilitator, but he won't excel. So I, I just don't think he has any, any trait other than being kind of a jack of all trades. Um, and he's benefited from having elite talent around him. And that doesn't, that, that sounds harsh, but like when you're trying to uh, evaluate if a player will translate to the next level, you got to consider the situation. And that, that's that he played with four first rounders last year and he really played well and was opportunistic in picking his spots. And he was arguably the third best player down the stretch last year when they made their, their final four run, but it doesn't put you automatically as an NBA player. So I would say he, he very well could get picked, you know, 50 to 60, but I don't think he's done anything this year. That's that different from last year. And he has similar talent. That's just, it's injured right now. So I'm, I'll be curious to see what he can do to differentiate that down the road. Once his team is fully intact. All right, now we got to talk about Kansas, which is the defending national champion. So we, we save the best for last, but let's talk about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projection on any sport that you watch NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball, you name it. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. And it is currently operational in 30 states plus Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. And if you are a first time user, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Do not forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. All right, last segment is Rafael Barlow with Leaf Tulane, and we're talking about the big matchup later on today. And let's talk about Kansas, the defending national champion. Jalen Wilson has been off to a great start, 20 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, shooting 45, 46, 100% on his shooting splits. Jalen is a guy that I've, I've had a chance to watch him pretty closely. He lives in, the, he's from the Dallas area. So uh, a couple of summers ago, I want to say it was during the COVID summer, um, I saw him play pickup all the time with, with Drew Timmy and, and uh, Davion Harmon from Texas Tech was playing also. There was some some pretty good matchups there. And I've kind of wondered, like, what is his role? Like, he seemed like there's things that he does well, but it was, you know, he has the the body that 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 is definitely, you know, he has an NBA body as far as like his strength. It was like he was athletic. I was kind of just, iffy on him then when I saw him at the the combine I thought he played okay and then I sat next to some scouts and they were just like he's playing okay but he's on the same team as Christian Brown 
And he was like, they have chemistry. And so he would literally like pile up assists because he knew where Christian was at every time. So Scout made a comment. They should never let two guys from the same college play on the same team at, at the combine because they're going to play like a two-man game in a sense. So I said I'll have to say this. The player that I thought that he could be if he put it all together so far, small sample size, that is who he has shown so far. 2010, four, and I, it's, it's doubtful that he can keep up those numbers. But the passing, I knew he could rebound, but he's scoring the ball. And, and so do you think that he can keep up the pace as like Kansas's go-to score? I think he'll have to be Kansas's go-to score if they want to be good down the stretch. And, uh, and, and like by that, I mean being able to contend, not just, okay, they're going to be Kansas, they're going to be in the top three of the Big 12. But to contend for a championship, he's going to have to score similarly, maybe not quite as much and maybe not on quite those, uh, those efficient of numbers. But, yeah, the question for him was how well is he going to shoot in like an NBA role? He'll be a, he'll be a, uh, a small ball four and he'll be, he'll be shooting threes that – and you want him to be more than just a, okay, we'll leave him open and hope he doesn't make it type of guy. And that's what he's been in years past, but they, he was surrounded by Christian Brown, Ochag Baji, David McCormick swallowed up plenty of attention in the middle. And then he had willing pastors giving him the ball and he wasn't converting at a high rate. So his shooting has impressed me. Um, I want to see him develop an ability against comp comparable athletes. And that's what we'll see against Duke. If he's able to attack the rim at the same ability, uh, rather than just attacking closeouts and being bigger, stronger, faster, getting to the rim and finishing. Um, I think if, if he and Mitchell defend each other, uh, that's a matchup I'll be cl paying close attention to because I think they're comparable physically, even though uh, Wilson's older, I think Mitchell's a, a bit more of a, a specimen athletically and Wilson's taller and, and maybe, maybe faster. I don't know that. But yes, I, I think what I'm looking for is for him to use the, the traits that he has effectively, keep shooting at a decent clip, and, and don't, don't settle. I think sometimes he became passive because he was indecisive. What should I do? Will Bill Self uh, you know, be angry if I shoot this? Will Bill Self be uh, frustrated if this ball doesn't go to Ochag Bajin? I think now he's the alpha. And he, he knows it. And we got to see him play against comparable ath uh, athletes and see if he can continue to be productive against those type of players as the lead man. And that's a question I, I think is a genuine toss up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because my knock on him was 40 percent of his attempts last year were from three. And for his career, he's less than a 30 percent shooter. Those numbers. <laughs> those aren't good numbers in my opinion if you're shooting nearly 40 percent of your shots are from three and you're making 30 percent of them so if he can improve his efficiency from three then I think it really opens everything up for him because he's not going to be a creative ball handler or creative score off the dribble but I think it opens it up where he can attack straight line straight line um, and attack closeouts. But I would like to see him add a little bit more pace to his game. I feel like he's a guy that just plays out of control, kind of runs guys over. It's like a, you know, it's like a catch 22 because that same motor that makes him so good at getting offensive rebounds and extra possessions, it ends up, you know, he's a little wild with the ball when he has it. And he's like, you know, <laughs> trying to drive into the lane. All right, let's talk about Grady Dick. Um, was it you that weren't as high on him or was it Richard? The, I was, I don't know if Richard, I, I don't think I was as high as on him as you. I, I don't think I was supremely low though. 
Well, I have him as a first-round pick, and I have him as a first-round pick, and it's not necessarily a knock on him, but this is a draft that's very low on shooters. <laughs> and so I think that he has a projectable skill set that, that teams will cover, especially as we get into – you know, like the 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 mid to late first round where there's some playoff teams that are looking for a floor spacer to complement their their stars. So he's averaging 17 points, four rebounds, 58% from the floor, shooting 50% from three. What are your thoughts for him? Or what what do you want to see out of him in this matchup tomorrow or tonight? I want to see if he's able to defend at the point of attack against uh, quick guards if he's switched on to a guy like jeremy roach if he's switched on to tyrese proctor how he's able to slide his feet and then i have no doubts about his shooting he, the kid can shoot uh, my question for him is can he attack closeouts can he be more versatile um in a way that like Corey kispert was an elite shooter and he made himself more versatile that's why he became an all-american as a senior i know he's a freshman but can he be more versatile and more valuable to a kansas team that needs someone to step up and assume the batman role or the robin role to jalen wilson's batman and i think he's got the chance to do so but uh this is a really good litmus test for him uh on if he's able to athletically straight line drive off attacking closeouts because people are the scouting reports going to say, Hey, run him off the line. And I want to see what he's able to do when he is run off the line. And he's filtered into a guy like Derek lively, or he's matched up against a guy like Mitchell, who's got the physicality that could, could be bothersome for a guy like Grady Dick. All right. Last question. Are we seeing the two best perimeter defenders in this game between Kevin McCuller and Casey Wallace? is there another perimeter defender that you think is, is in that range in that, that is projected NBA draft pick? I think case and Wallace is the best first rounder for sure. McCuller is a phenomenal, he can switch really well, man. I, I, no one that, that I think will be a first round draft pick um, or, or, or is playing in this game comes to mind. So I would say yes for the moment, but I, 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 I just can't think of anyone better right now. So that may, may be a good indication. So is, is McCullough, do you think he's on Roach? Or, or do you think he's like, what do you what do you see out of him in this game coming up? Uh, I'd, I'd imagine he he guards Roach some and then and then he he slides. I think they'll switch. I think they'll switch ball screens um, between one through four. And especially if KJ Adams plays, they'll probably switch one through five. And, and in which case, I think you'll see his versatility and he'll make a name for himself. I, I, I thought he was the best answer to guard Paolo Bencaro, honestly, for when Texas Tech played Duke. And, and that speaks to the testament that he'll be guarding Roach, possibly. Yeah. And he was the best answer to guard Bencaro. That says a lot. He's given up a lot of weight there. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your, your insight. And thank you, the listener for again making this your first listen of the day for your second listen check out the locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcast i'm right